Hello, hello, it's Oren Prunkin. And today I wanna to give you an example of cold contact that doesn't work. Now I was on as a recipient of this cold contact and I wanted to tell you what my experience was like and how you could do something different and better than what I experienced. So I received a cold call, yes, actual cold call on my telephone, my mobile phone. And later I learned that I was actually a customer of this uh, vendor. So it wasn't necessarily a cold call, but when I give you the context and the backstory to it, it will seem like it was a cold call. But in fact, it wasn't. I was a customer of this vendor and I probably won't be a customer of this vendor anymore based on this. So I received this call and I missed it actually. So it went through to my voicemail and a voicemail was left that had a really baity, scammy voicemail that obviously did get my attention. I'm not going to tell you what the message was just to keep everything private, but it was pretty scammy in terms of what was left. So I ended up calling the number back and uh, didn't get an answer. I also SMSed the number back saying that I was busy and I couldn't take the call, but they could um, either reply by email and let me know when would be a good time to, to call and talk. You know, just the regular things most people do when they're playing phone tag. Now again, I didn't get a reply to that SMS and it took them about 24 hours to get back to me. And in that 24 hour time period, I just put it down to um, it being a scam and I placed it in that bucket of a, of a scam. And obviously I was a little bit defensive. Within the next 24 hours, I got a phone call back from them and I did answer it and I was interrupted from what I was doing. And what they did was jump straight into asking me a whole bunch of information, questions uh, about uh, the situation and circumstance and context that I was in personally. Obviously this triggered uh, it being a sales call to me. Now I won't go into anything else beyond that, but they, the phone call was uh, interrupting me and it was putting a conversation or a communication on their terms. It wasn't on my terms. Now, if they had replied to my, to my original SMS saying, let's tee up a time where it works for both of us, I would have probably been more open to the call. But again, it interrupted me. I was in the middle of something and it just wasn't on my terms. So the biggest thing, and it really surprises me because it was a sales call, they should potentially know better. But then again, on the flip side, not every salesperson is good at what they do. First, I wasn't gonna answer any of the information they were asking of me. They went straight into a qualifying needs analysis. I didn't actually know who they were, therefore I didn't like them. And then again, I didn't trust them because I didn't like them and because I didn't know them. And with those three factors, I was especially uh, uh, unwilling in this circumstance, given all of that, to divulge any personal information that they were asking uh, a question about. If they had told me who they were and I knew who they were and I actually liked them and they didn't do any of this, you know, stuff that put me on defense and into a, a, a allowed me to mentally put them into a scam bucket, they would have had um, at least some likability and some trust that I would have been more open to that. So if you're doing any cold contact, especially on the telephone where you're interrupting people and you're getting them off guard and you're communicating on your terms, you've got to be hypersensitive to everything I'm about to say. If you're doing cold contact through other means, through you know email, digital messaging platforms, through snail mail, it doesn't, what I'm about to say 
isn't as strict and doesn't need to necessarily apply uh, as a fundamental for you, but you still need to keep these things in the back of your mind. So when you're first making contact, they need to know who you are. You cannot hide from this. You need to say who you are and you need to create some sort of likability. And I can't give you a prescriptive uh, a positive how to do this. I can give you a prescriptive of not what to do. Basically, don't ignore people, don't put people uh, on defense, but also don't um, offend people either. And the combination of both of those two are going to give you a little bit of trust, a certain level of trust. They're not going to trust you with their life, but they're going to give you just enough trust to be able to move on to the next stage in the customer journey. Now, I did say that this salesperson went on to ask me questions. You don't at this stage have enough trust to ask questions, but you do, however, have enough trust um, to assume or say what you think may be the issue with them. So you can't just say, I think the issue is, uh, sorry, I beg your pardon. You can't just say, do you have this issue? You do have the trust level to be say, look, I think people in your situation have this issue. It's subtle difference where you're not getting people to divulge, but you are getting them to divulge by making uh, an assumption. That statement rather than a question alone will allow you to qualify or just as, uh, just as likely disqualify that person. And then based on that, that based on their reaction to that, if they're qualified or disqualified, then you can go into the interruption and give them some sort of pitch, some sort of presentation, uh, because they're not currently searching for a solution if they're problem aware, or they're not looking to uh, discover if they have a problem, if they're problem unaware. Now I'm using pitch here in a different way than I normally and always use pitch. And I have to clarify what that is. So normally when I talk about pitching, that's giving a uh, an offer giving an offer of a price with terms and conditions i'm using pitch in this in this situation as sales and the, the normal way i define sales is t um, saying something that gets someone to change the way they believe the way they see the world and change their beliefs so changing someone's belief or way they see way they see the, the world is what i define as sales so when i say then you can go and pitch them all i'm saying is not give them a uh, an offer to a product, service, or solution, but try to get them to see the world in a different way than they currently do, particularly to show that they do have a problem and that there are solutions out there. And I say solutions as a plural because uh, ultimately your product is only one of a range of solutions that are potentially out there. I'm not going to go into what that is today. It's probably a episode for another time. So to bring this back to where I started before I got on that slight tangent, when you're cold contacting, particularly with um, cold calling, you are interrupting people. So what you need to do is make sure you tell them who you are and make sure you don't do anything that makes them dislike you or put you on, put, uh, put, you, put them on the back foot. Both of those things will build trust with that person, but just enough trust for you to be able to pitch. In other words, sell them on the idea that there is a solution out there and that they may have a problem. Just doing that will help them qualify themselves to say, yes, they do have a problem and they are searching for solutions or they have a solution and it's not the best, or it will disqualify them to say that they don't have a problem or they do, they do have a problem, but the solution is a perfect match which you will then disqualify them and move on. In the former, you just will then push them through a sales process, 
that matches directly with the customer journey. And that's after that is when you actually pitch in the true sense of the way I use pitching, providing them with an offer and terms and conditions. So hopefully this case study and this example of cold contact that I received shows you very subtly how cold contact can work and also can backfire. And it's very subtle. And a lot of people doing cold outreach miss the subtleties of it. And it was a good example for me uh, to reiterate what I do when I cold contact people of all of these subtleties and nuance that go into helping someone um, be open to your communication. And like always, cold contact has many different steps it needs to go through. Whereas most people, when they cold contact, try to pitch, sell both of those, meaning present an offer for a price with terms and conditions. So try this out if you're doing any cold contact. Let me know how you go. I love hearing from people and how they implement these things and the results they get from it. So until we talk next time, I hope you have a fantastic day and we'll talk soon. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. And if you like what was on here and want more, please go to orenprunken.com.